So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to the What's Your Grief podcast. The hosts are my mom and Miss Lisa. Hey, this is Eleanor. And hi, this is Lisa. Welcome to the What's Your Grief podcast, where we talk about the experience of life after loss, one topic at a time. For those of you who don't already know us, we are the two mental health professionals behind the grief website, whatsyourgrief.com, where we have over 400 articles now, um, all about the experience of grief and coping with grief and everything in between. And this is our podcast where you can follow along with us on wherever you subscribe to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, anywhere else. Uh, And you can also follow along with us on social media. So if you're not doing that already, we would love for you to find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, you name it. You name it. Um, And if you're a regular listener, We would absolutely love, if you like the podcast, if you would take a few minutes and head over to iTunes and give us a review. It really helps people to find us when we have reviews on there, and Mm -hmm. we would really appreciate it. Yeah. So this is actually our uh, first official podcast of 2017. Woohoo! Yay! Like the rest of the world, we're Glad 2016 is behind us and excited for 2017. We've been making some plans over the last couple yeah. weeks for the coming year. Yes, we have. We have. Um, and we're not going to announce them all right now. No. <laughs> just because we want to, you know, make sure they come to fruition before we get people all excited about them. Right. Uh, but we will definitely have lots of exciting things happening um, with What's Your Grief, with the podcast, with Photo Grief, with everything that we do um, this year. And hopefully some of those things will help you in coping with your grief. And we know that we've said it time and again that one of our resolutions is often to be more consistent with our podcast publishing. Yes. But fear not, we're committed again to being more (laughs) consistent with our podcast publishing. Um, We are really going to try to stick with our every other week schedule of getting podcasts out. Uh, We... Make no 100% promises, but we are going to try our best. Yes. And one of the things that we would love is if you have topics that you would like for us to cover in 2017, things mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about on the podcast, or even things that we have that you'd love us to go into more detail right. talking about, please let us know what those are. You can always contact us on any of those social media platforms I mentioned, or you can email us mm-hmm. at whatsyourgrief at gmail.com and give us your thoughts so that as we plan the coming year, we can make sure that we're doing things right. that you want to hear. And with the podcast, really, like, no topic is off limits. I think with, with our website, we try to write articles that are um, usually around kind of, like, concepts, uh, theories, things like that, that people will find helpful ways to cope, things like that. Um, but with our podcast, we can talk more about just, like, what's going on in media and in the world and in research and things like that. So no topic is off limits, really. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So bring it on. Yeah. Send us your thoughts. So on that note, actually, um, we for a long time have been saying that we're watching um, the show This Is Us. I think we've mentioned it at least in one other podcast. I think probably two. Um, And we keep saying we're going to talk about it, so get caught up um, on the show. And now we've saved it for so long that we have about a whole show's length worth of conversation to have about it. So, (coughs) excuse me. So, we're telling you right now, this episode is going to be about This Is Us. Yep. If you have not watched the show in its entirety and don't like spoilers, stop listening. Go watch Go the watch entire the show. first half of the season. <laughs> right. And then come back. There's, yes. There's, well, I guess technically 11 episodes are out as of right now. There were 10 episodes that were the first half of the season. They took a season break and they just came back on Tuesday the 10th of January with the second half of the season starting back up. Right. So it's not totally unmanageable for you no. to get caught up. If you're a binge watcher. Like, like we are. Like we are. <laughs> um, and we are really kind of interested to talk about both what happened in the first half of the season and then, you know, project a little bit into some of the griefy themes that we think might be in the second half of the season. If you haven't listened to past episodes of our podcast and you've never heard of This Is Us, Mm -hmm. the reason that we are talking about this (laughs) is because the show does have a lot of griefy themes happening and we heard from a lot of readers, listeners, different people who were emailing us, tweeting at us, etc., asking us if we had been watching because they've been watching. Right. And were interested in our thoughts on some of the grief themes. How are they handling it? Is it great? Is yeah. it terrible? What do we think? Um, a lot of people, I think, really like the show. The show's right. getting some good acclaim. Um, so we kind of wanted to just dive into some of the topics and themes today. Yeah. So we know that not everyone out there listening is watching the show and maybe some of you actually have no plans to watch the show but you're still interested in hearing us talk about the grief themes um so i think maybe we should set the stage a little bit so people like have just a really broad framework of what is happening in the show yes and i think there's an important dynamic to this show to understand that makes it a little different than a lot of shows yes, that are out there definitely um and uh, it is important to understanding the grief themes So this show, I think the easiest way to think about it is it's happening both in the past and in the present. Right. So the show is following three siblings. And in the present, they are 36 years old. The first episode of the show starts on their 36th birthday. Yes. And as we're learning about what's happening to them in the 36th year of their life, we are also going back in time and learning about their parents and the time of their birth. Yes. And so we're seeing both of those things. And they spend about equal time, I would say, maybe, going yeah, back and forth do. between the present and the past. Um, and when we look at it, there's grief themes that are sort of happening in both the past and in mm-hmm. the present. Yeah. So when you look at the show, I feel bad going into this because I'm already realizing I don't remember all of the characters' names, but I'm going to oh look them goodness. up right now so <laughs> we right. can get through going on the podcast. But um, Randall, Kate, and Kevin yes. are the three siblings um, who we're seeing you know, now at age 36. Mm-hmm. And then the parents, I'm going to get their names so we have them for the rest. <laughs> yeah. But we're seeing, you know, them in the past from when they really first met and first get pregnant. Yeah. Um, and then how that goes into the future. So there's a lot of grief themes that come up. I guess we can kind of break down yeah. some of the, the big ones. So we're really 
focusing on three primary losses. Obviously, there's secondary losses, but there are three really primary losses um, that are happening. The first would be, you know, although the show focuses on the three siblings in the present, um, when they were born, they were born as... Two of the three were born as triplets, and the third triplet was stillborn. So in the first episode, the mom and the dad... Jack and Rebecca. Jack and Rebecca experienced the death of one of their triplets. Um, By the end of the episode, they end up adopting a third baby that had been born on that day and had been left on a, was it like the firehouse? At a firehouse. So they end up adopting a third baby. Mm -hmm. So they still have three children. It's just that one isn't a biological triplet. Um, So that's the first loss that we see the family grappling with. The second loss is that in the present, we see many of the children dealing with the loss of their father. It has not become clear to us where, how, when, when. Or, or why he died between the past, where we see him and his wife um, just living life, and the present where he's now deceased. But we definitely see grief themes around the father's death however it happened. And obviously that's going to be revealed at some point. It's true. And the father is one of my favorite characters in the show. Right. So I'm, I'm already feeling really sad that he's died and I want to know more about it. So I have, this show I have mixed feelings about, uh-huh. yeah. but it's actually one of the things that's sort right. of keeping me watching right. is because I'm, I'm really curious about that. Is this not to like get too off topic, but is this because he's the same person that played Jess in Gilmore Girls and you are team Jess? (laughs) Hashtag team Jess. It might be. Okay. I'm not ruling out the possibility. Right. That there's a connection there. Okay. But. It's not all. It's not all. Okay. All right. All right. I mean. Fair enough. Might be a lot that. Okay. But yeah, so that is loss number two. And then the third loss is an anticipatory loss Mm -hmm. because um, the the boy that was adopted, remind Mm -hmm. me of his name. Randall. Randall, as an adult, um, reconnects with his father. So he's just meaning... Yes, his biological father. So he's just meaning his biological father, but at the time that he meets his biological father, he also finds out that his biological father is dying of cancer. So his biological father comes and lives with his family, Randall's family. Um, So we see how that family is, and they have two children, two Mm -hmm. daughters, um, who are school-aged. So we see how the family is kind of um, beginning to come to terms with the fact that the the grandfather of the children and the father of Randall Mm -hmm. um, is, is going to die and start how they're starting a dialogue around death and what death is and what it means. Yes. Um, so those are our three primary losses. There's a lot going on in this and, show. Right. I was just going to say, I think even as you're describing this, it points to something that's important about this show, which if you're watching it, if you're not watching it, is important to know, which is that there is. There's just a lot yeah. going on in the show. And I think one of the critiques I've read of the show is that with some of the characters, it seems they seem a little one-dimensional or mm-hmm. like they have just one issue that they're each, right. each of the siblings is dealing with. And I think part of that is because there's so much packed into this show right. that it makes it really hard to 
dig a little yeah. deeper and, into any one character because they're each dealing right. with a lot and of complex I think issues. It's important to mention that we're going to focus specifically on grief. Like, there's a lot going on in this show. There's issues around weight. There's issues around race. There's issues around a lot of things. We're not mm-hmm. talking Substance about any of that. Abuse, Substance abuse. Uh, yeah, adoption, obviously. Yeah, and adoption. comes in a little bit, but I think there's yeah. some more complex issues about adoption that we're not right. going to get into. Right. So there's a lot happening yes. um, in the show. But in terms of the grief piece, mm-hmm. I think rather than going chronologically and which through the plot, which is <laughs> pretty hard, it's hard to do, <laughs> yeah. um, we want to break it down into how the show deals with certain themes in mm-hmm. grief. So that's kind of how we've, um, yeah. we've sorted this out. And to start, one of the things that I really love and appreciate about the show right. is that I think it creates uh, a lot of opportunities for us to see how continuing bonds can mm-hmm. play out in families and in grief. Yes. And um, it does it in different ways. So real quick, for mm-hmm. those people who don't know what continuing bonds is, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe because this is the first time you're finding us, yes. um, we actually will link to some articles about continuing mm-hmm. bonds on our notes page. Very simply, it's a theory mm-hmm. um, that says that many people remain connected to the person who dies. There isn't kind of this you know, disconnect from the person who died. We don't leave them in the past, but we bring our relationship with them along with us as we grow and that relationship evolves with us and that we remain connected to these people in certain ways, very unique to who we are and to our relationship with that person many times forever. forever. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think this kind of goes again goes against or it shifted the paradigm from some of the past understandings about grief that was we separate from that person we find acceptance or closure we move on right you know thinking instead about how we move together forward Mm -hmm. with having a relationship with someone um and in the show there's a lot of places that that comes through um one of the episodes i think that actually in talking to people about this show that a lot of people have mentioned to me who are grievers and mm-hmm. saying like they really connected with yeah was the football episode the Steelers yes game and episode this is kind of when we realized that the dad uh-huh. Jack has, has died. died we don't right. know until this point right right Right? Yeah. No, we don't. This is when I realized it. Maybe okay. I'm just dense. <laughs> but. Yes. Yes. We know the moms. We ran. I, yeah. This is when it becomes very yeah. explicit. So, sure. basically, Kate is a big Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she watches the her. She has a ritual around watching Steelers games. And she has a new boyfriend who is kind of this big, you know, bombastic guy who, you know, is maybe has some boundary issues, right? Right. He's a lot. Um, He's a lot. Yeah. He really wants to watch the game with her, um, and he kind of convinces her to come over and watch the game in his place, but then when she gets there, he's invited over someone else, and they're not really paying attention, they don't really care about the game, and there's this, like, blow up that perhaps to him seems a little bit, you know, inexplicable or maybe out of context for what's happened right. where Kate leaves because she it, things aren't going the way she wants them to go. So she goes home and later on he knocks on her door and she invites him in and they kind of have this heart to heart where she explains to him why Steelers games are such a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So basically she says I watch Steelers games with my dad and she shows him an 
urn yep. that has her dad's ashes in it and explains how this was their thing. Like, game days were a big, big thing when she was growing up. So now, as an adult, she always watches the games, like, with her dad. Exactly. And it's one of those things where, you know, we know in grief that so many people have personal rituals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think about ritual and so many times they think of you know, communal rituals and right. funeral rituals and things like that. But we know when people are grieving that even the research out there, it's like 90 plus percent of rituals that are meaningful in grief, people identify as personal rituals. So for Kate, this is definitely her personal ritual. Like she watches the game by herself every week. And one of the things that's interesting in terms of the relationship with her boyfriend is that like he just doesn't really quite get that. Like, I even wrote down a quote during that episode where he comments that, like, her thing, like, that it's sad. And she says, it's not sad to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's this way that she keeps this connection going with her dad that is kind of meaningful and bittersweet, and it's an important ritual for her. Um, So not only is it continuing bonds, but I think it also showed really well how it can be hard for someone mm-hmm. to understand yes. your grief, to understand your ritual. Even somebody who loves you and who cares about you might think some of the things that right. you're doing are, you know, kind of a little bit yeah, weird. Different. <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah. Um, another one that I really loved, another instance, there were a lot, and mm-hmm. I don't know that we have time to get into every single one, but another instance that I really liked was the there was an episode about the family's Thanksgiving. Yes. And their Thanksgiving is really strange. Like, and and Randall is kind of like that ritual keeper in the family. And I think we talk about this sometimes with families that there's that one person that like really clings Mm -hmm. to the rituals and keeps the rituals going. Yes. And that they're really important to them. And sometimes when that person dies, then things really become unhinged. So there's like usually this person in the family. Um, And he seems to be that person for the family. Um, And they're... um, their Thanksgiving is very strange. I think, I can't remember all the specifics, but there's like... They eat like weird, they, like hot dogs wrapped in Yeah, peanut butter and jellies and, and like... Watch a movie, they, a yeah, weird movie. the same movie. It's, what is it, Police Academy? Yeah, like a Police Academy um, movie. And they're, were there sleeping bags or something? Yeah, I don't and know. they there go on like, a hike. hike. Yeah, they go on a hike. Um, and there's a pilgrim hat involved. Like, there's all sorts of strange things that are involved in this holiday. And at first you're like, what? (laughs) Um, but this is, I really liked how they did this one because as things are playing out in, in the present, they flash back and show how this happened, this ritual began in the family. And how the ritual actually began was that they had a Thanksgiving that started off terribly. Their car broke down. They ended up at some crappy motel. Um, but you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, everything had turned out really well because they kind of regrouped as a family. They ate their hot dogs and their peanut butter and jellies. They all watched a movie together and they have this really meaningful day as a family. And at the end they show Randall as a child saying, you know, at the end of the day, they show Randall as a child saying, um, that this had been his, favorite Thanksgiving ever. And, and then, this is what he wants right, to always do. Right. And flash forward 30 years and they're still doing it. Yes. And I love this because I think it conveyed a couple things. One, this continuing bond. Like this was mm-hmm. clearly something that they do that is connected with our dad. He was, the dad was really the one who salvaged the day, who like made it fun, who created something great out of it. 
Uh, but it also, I think also watching it around the holidays where I was thinking a lot about grief and the holidays and how it can be so hard for people mm-hmm. who are grieving, even though in the past it's not a loss that causes this holiday to go totally astray. It's just circumstances. Right. I love that they sort of created a totally non-traditional but amazing day out of it. And one of the things we've talked about in past episodes about the holidays is how we get so stuck on having Mm -hmm. the holidays look perfect or look like something that they've always been before that when it's not going to look that way, they end up being terrible. Mm -hmm. But this just sort of showed that he regrouped, he created a really meaningful holiday, and then they continued that tradition in the future. And it really continues that bond they yeah, have with their dad, absolutely. even after he's died. Right. Agreed. All right. We should probably move on to our next theme. Yes. Um, which is that there are two kids that are mm-hmm. really kind of impacted by grief and death. Actually, no. There are two kids in the present, present. (laughs) Um, and there's a little bit so far about how the the siblings, um, the triplets, handle death or are impacted by death as children in the past. So I think in the present, that's when there's really a kind of a more of a theme is where we see Randall's kids. And Randall's kids are obviously being impacted by the fact that Randall has met his biological father, so Uh their biological grandfather, who they never knew. Right. He's now been introduced to the family, he's moved in the house, and he's dying. Right. Interestingly, they don't tell the kids right away that he's dying. And one of the things that brings up some different, different things, one of which I think they highlight well, which is kids often know more. Right. Then we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. So the kids know something's up, even though they think they're sort of hiding it well. They recognize right. that the grandfather's sick. Um, but they just don't have all the information, which mm-hmm. we know for kids, it can be easy to think the safest right. thing to do is to try to, sh- to shield them from things. Right. But then oftentimes they're gathering bits and pieces of things and they're making up stories. Right. In and it terms gets confusing. Of, yeah. It gets confusing. So we see that. And then we see like a pretty epically disastrous episode mm-hmm. where this comes to a head um, with the girls and their parents aren't actually home. Right. It's <clears throat> just... Kevin, their uncle, who's kind of like yeah. a doofus. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's just not yeah, totally, like, with it, with communicating with kids. Mm-hmm. And then their biological grandfather, the one right. who's dying. Right. And they start asking questions about yeah. death. They start asking questions about, you know, different different things around death, mm-hmm. around ghosts, around all these things. Um, right. And it doesn't get handled so well initially. No, and I, I think that, you know, we've all had that. Well, maybe not we've all. I, I, as a parent, have certainly had conversations where I'm like, that didn't go well. <laughs> right. And it's hard because after that, you know, you could either pretend it just, you know, was it was okay. Let's just leave it be. Um, or you could try and follow it up. And many of us would just try and leave it be. And actually, my kids, a lot of times, after some of those serious conversations that get bungled, they don't want me to bring it back up either. <laughs> like, they're like, no, thank you, please, I'm done, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but I liked how the response in this instance was that Kevin, their uncle, mm-hmm. regrouped. Yep. And I, I guess he probably thought about it a little bit. Yes. <laughs> um, and he ended up, 
knocking on their door, they were in their room, and going in and having a follow-up conversation where he acknowledged that the prior conversation had gone very poorly and that he hadn't maybe explained things the way that he wanted to or that he should have. And he explained, you know, he provided an explanation that was much more um, kind of thoughtful and meaningful. And to be fair, sometimes when kids ask you questions, it's in the most awkward time, awkward place, and we don't always have our thoughtful, planned out answers yes. ready for, ready to go. Um, so I think a, lo- a lot of people can probably relate to this experience of kind of like needing to take a minute to like really collect their thoughts and think about how you want to handle this and explain it with kids. And I think that's important because when we talk about having conversations with kids about death, a lot of times people think it's this one conversation that they have and it's done. But when somebody important has died or is dying in a child's life, I think it's better to conceptualize this as a series of conversations. Absolutely. Where you continue to build and to refine understanding mm-hmm. in an age-appropriate way for kids. So I, I really liked how they handled this. And his explanation, mm-hmm. it would be really hard for me to understand, yeah. like explain, explain his metaphor. So we can cl- we can link on the notes page to a clip of this scene. But yeah. he, he showed them how he uses painting as uh-huh. a way of kind of coping and understanding. Um understanding the world and he shares some of his thoughts about how people who have died are still kind of in the picture in the painting yep. even though we can't see them there um so it, it's you know it's it's a nice metaphor um that i will not ruin by trying to explain <laughs> no absolutely and i think the other thing i liked about this and the way that he went back to regroup is also at the end of the day like he's not their parent right and so some the way that he connected this to his experience with the death of his dad and how Mm -hmm. he thinks about things in a big picture way um, was really kind of personal to him. I thought it helped the girls to think it was less scary and to sort of repair a little bit of the damage that he had done in the initial conversation. But it also didn't get into those topics that as the not parent, you might want to leave to the parent. parent, And so they did a good job sort of skirting that and doing it in a way that I think worked really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess I have less to say on this than the other two. Um, Mm -hmm. They do have some kind of um, they show how the death of the the stillbirth Mm -hmm. of the one triplet sort of has an impact on the family as a younger family um, and and on the surviving children. I don't know if you made any specific observations about that. I think the thing that for me was the most powerful was about how Randall, how they really showed Randall, who was the adopted child, how he struggled with the idea of feeling like he was a replacement for the baby who died and sort of feeling certain pressures related to that or certain anxieties related to that that I think can be real for children who know that maybe Mm -hmm. they were, again, adoption is a specific situation in this case, but that children can feel maybe if they know that they right. were born after the death of another child. Yeah. Um, and this is something that, again, as a young child, they're not going to be tuned necessarily mm-hmm. tuned into. But as children age, and we know that as they grow and their understanding of things grows, right. it, it is something that some children may deal with. Is every child going to really grapple with this? No. But it is definitely something that I thought was yeah. good to be aware of. Um, the other thing that's not necessarily grief related, but adoption related, if you're interested or if thinking about adoption is they did really 
kind of try to get into this relationship between Randall and Kevin and the complexity mm-hmm. of the adopted brother versus the biological right. brother and some of the competition that they felt with each right. other and some of the strain on their relationship that they yeah. felt. Um, so though it was a little bit of a different dynamic, you know, adoption, I think for a lot of families is something where there's not a lot on TV right. that's really dealing with the tough issues of adoption. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they do it perfectly, right. but they do try to show some of the struggles with right. adoption. And in this instance, also Randall is black and the family he oh, was yeah, adopted into is white. So that makes things even more complex because that's another difference that he kind mm-hmm. of feels between himself and not only his family, but the community around him. He lives in a very white community. Yes. Um, so that's a whole conversation for another podcast, but um, it definitely adds another layer to the complexity of, of the relationships yeah. and to how Randall's kind of grappling with, with things. Absolutely. Um, I guess an, a theme that I think is going to evolve a little bit more in the coming weeks mm-hmm. is just that anticipatory loss because yeah. the, the Randall's father, the grandfather of the two girls we were just mentioning, um, is dying. Mm -hmm. And so in this past episode, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch last night, he just finally said, I'm ready to stop treatment because I'm sick all the time and I know it's not working and I'm dying. Um, and he starts to talk about kind of what that next chapter looks like. Um, and there have there were some interesting conversations where somebody actually asked him like, what does it feel like to be dying? And he Mm -hmm. had a very poetic explanation once again something i'm not going to ruin by trying to <laughs> to, to repeat it here um but we can link to that scene um so there's a lot there's a lot of kind of build up to this you know to the death mm-hmm. of the grandfather that i anticipate will be happening yeah this season and i think one of the unique things that's a little different than maybe what most families are going through but that they did try to i think point to in this most recent episode was also that there's this complexity of the anticipatory part and the fact that Randall didn't have the opportunity to have a relationship with his dad. And so he feels kind of a sense of urgency to spend all this, as much time as he can with his dad, knowing that the time left that they have together is finite. And so, you know, it's just a a struggle um, that he's dealing with during this time. Yeah, so I think we'll see this evolve a little bit more Mm -hmm. over the next couple of episodes. Um, The last theme we kind of want to touch on is just that idea that grief makes you a little... Crazy. 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 (laughs) Um, And that we all grieve in different ways and cope in different ways. Mm -hmm. This, we talked about this before we started recording, and we saw this come out in a number of different ways, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways. I think um, the one scene, and I actually just talked to a friend earlier today about how much she loved this scene, was this uh, funeral scene with uh, Kevin at the sort of home of someone after a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, the details of why he's there are really weird, so right. we won't get into no. that. But he doesn't know the widow. Um, but in this moment, he goes into the kitchen. The widow is the only person in the kitchen. Yeah. And she is sort of having this moment of a little bit of a meltdown that has to do with the fact that there are all these pickles in the fridge that right. were her husband's pickles. Right. She doesn't even like pickles. And it just sort of sparks this emotional meltdown mm-hmm. that probably many of you listening can relate to where there's just yeah. something in your world that happens and in a moment you've got it together and in the next right. moment you totally fall apart. And the way this show frames this is that Kevin was kind of like the best person to be there because he makes this self-disclosure about how he responded to his 
dad's death that sort of looked similarly crazy. I think in this instance, the self-disclosure made me go, ugh, like, that might not have been, like, the best time. Right. But, of course, it worked because it's television. Because it's TV. <laughs> um, so, I, I think that was kind of, like, the, the connection. What I did like about it was that the person who had experienced grief could recognize that what she was going through wasn't crazy. It was very normal. Absolutely. And so, you know, they do have this moment where I think she is able to feel uh, more, you know, supported because it's somebody who doesn't think that she's just... Right. A crazy person. A crazy person. Having a right. meltdown. So they have a moment. Yeah. For better or for worse. We already talked about kind of how Kate copes with continuing bonds, mm-hmm. how Kevin does his painting. Um, there was a scene in the very beginning. Yes. Um, with a character we haven't even really talked about. Uh-huh. Actually, he dies as well in the context of this uh, show. Remember he died in one of the episodes? Oh. Yeah, he does. The doctor. Really? Didn't he? Died? He no, didn't die? I don't think he died. Was he just sick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I guess yeah. I need to pay more closer <laughs> attention. <laughs> um, well, whatever. There's a hospital scene with him. He looks like he's about to die. He Correct. doesn't die. Okay. Anyway, so the doctor um, who tells Jack that his third baby, baby. died mm-hmm. um, in childbirth um, is also the same doctor who approaches them about adopting. Randall, right? Yes. Right. Okay. I don't remember. I don't think he approaches that. I think Jack sort of came to that on his own, or came to that possibility on his own when he's standing outside of the nursery, but they do ultimately talk about it. So, maybe I was just, so I actually didn't watch the first episode, so (laughs) this is why I'm a little confused. Over the course of the show, I got the impression that they, like, kind of credit him for bringing Randall into their life. So... The, in the first episode, I think that they, what sort of happens is he shares, so this is where I think the doctor's story comes into play. So the doctor shares with Jack that he and his wife ended up having five children, but that they lost their first child. Their first child was stillborn. And he, I think one of the things that's really mm-hmm. meaningful is that he talks about how that he still feels that loss yes. every day, 50 right. years later. And he also talks about how that loss was part of the reason that he decides to become right. an OBGYN yes. and, you know, deliver babies and why it's so meaningful and how he really identifies that this is what helped him in his grief mm-hmm. was to take that loss and create some sort of meaning out of it and do something constructive. And he identifies this idea that he hopes that he has saved many babies, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that sort of that created this meaning. So he, there's this really great moment where he says, um, you know, you, if you can do that, if you can, Mm -hmm. you know, find a way to take this, you know, and, and make some meaning out of it, that you will be carrying that Right. We'll be taking that baby home from the right, hospital right, right. with you just in a different way than you thought. Like, you're going to – their memory is going mm-hmm. to continue to exist. So it's very continuing bondy. Right. Yes. Um, but also, 
Jack then later is standing at the nursery looking at these, at the babies. And um, next to him is this man who you think is another dad. But what we realize is when they start to talk is that he's actually this fireman who has oh. come in and left yeah, and I brought totally in that. <laughs> a baby um, who was left on the front steps of the firehouse. So he's brought this mm-hmm. baby in. Um, so they have this moment and you can sort of see Jack's wheels turning right. a little bit. And I think part of that is very much inspired by right. this talk the doctor had of how do you kind of construct yes. something. Mm-hmm. What I loved about this and I loved how they, you know, kind of painted this is in grief theory, we have this idea, and you can read more about it. We'll link to it, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, of instrumental grievers versus intuitive grievers. Um, and instrumental grievers tend to be those, I'm going to do something, grievers. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, you really get this feeling of Jack as a as sort of an instrumental griever of I am going, what we are going to do to, to salvage this, to make meaning, to do something is we are going to adopt this third, this baby that was abandoned at the firehouse. And I think you get this sense in the episode that right. he feels like it was sort of meant Fate. to be yeah. fated that this coincided. And he, I think was inspired by this doctor who also is talking in a continuing bonds way, but also in kind of an Mm -hmm. instrumental way of, you know, this is what I did. This is how I kind of created something from this. Right. Uh, And so that's where it goes. For Mandy Moore, it's who plays Rebecca, (laughs) Mandy Moore, the Mm -hmm. mom, um, it's clearly not that easy. Like, it's a lot more complicated. She does not immediately think that adopting this third baby is a great idea. And she gets, you know, she gets, but it's, it is more complicated. Right. In real life, that situation would probably never well, transpire in that way. TV. Um, TV. The magic of TV. Um, but but no, what... It was 1980. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, but what you're saying is, I think, the most important takeaway and the underlying theme, that we all kind of have different ways of coping and making meaning out of, out of losses. Yes. And, um, you know, I think, you know, for him, that's what worked. And obviously for the mom, it was maybe a little bit, maybe not, she wasn't ready for that step. Um, yes. She took it and I guess it all worked out well. Right. Um, but yeah, I like how they showed that we all kind of grieve in different ways. Um, so that's like really kind of all we have to say about This Is Us at this mm-hmm. point. We're halfway through the season, so there, who knows? Yes. Um, I think we still need to find out how the father dies. Yes. Um, and that I think will probably not happen until the end of the season. Right. Um, and also um, there's, you know, some other grief things that are still kind of unfolding. So who knows? Maybe we'll have a follow-up podcast, podcast. Um, to this one. And we'd love to hear what you think of the show. I mean, I think this is some of the stuff that we feel like they're handling fairly well. Yeah. Like, I will say there, it's TV. There's right. a lot of things in here that I do feel like feel rushed. Yeah. They're cramming a lot into this one show. Right. And, yes. you know, some of the relationships I've, I've got some mixed yeah. feelings on. Uh, but I do think, relatively speaking, they are trying right. to tackle some of this grief stuff yes, well. which I appreciate. Which I appreciate. Um, and so we would love to know what... What you think. Yeah, exactly. So let us know. Yeah. Um, and if you see things that we haven't discussed um, that yeah. are grief-related in here. Um, okay, so we will have a notes page. You can find that at whatsyourgrief.com backslash 46. So www.whatsyourgrief.com backslash 46. 
um, 40-6 spelled out. Um, and we will be back in the next episode. I don't know what the topic's going to be, but um, probably won't be about a television show. <laughs> so <laughs> tune in. 